from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And we were able to determine there's three large gulps, uh, three smaller gulps, and then then someone pauses. Most people pause for about a second or two, and you take that last little swig, and that's the one that gives you the ah, right? So when you, when you add up all that volume, it comes to 24 ounces. So we go back and say, you need a bigger bottle, guys. It needs to be 24 ounce, not 20 ounce. You know, there's certain patterns, uh, grasping patterns and, and grasping strategies that you and I use. To, to us then, the charge is, is how do you design in some kind of functional attribute that gives you a patent claim, um, something they can own, and at the same time adds a, a stunning appearance. Have you ever had a, a design that, a redesign that just, it didn't work? Yeah, I did. I'm Sarah Fenske. If you partied this past weekend, chances are pretty good you used a product designed in St. Louis to do it. Red Solo Cup, I fill you up. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. What, you didn't know the iconic Red Solo Cup got its redesign here? Well, what about the design of the Heinz Dip and Squeeze Packet, or Microsoft First Ergonomic Mouse? Those designs and many more are all the work of the Metaphase Design Group, which has quietly worked its design magic in St. Louis for 30 years. And joining us now with more on this company is Bryce Rudder. He is the founder and CEO of Metaphase Design Group. Bryce, welcome. Thanks very much. So, Bryce, you design products, basically any product anybody needs? Well, the majority of our stuff is in the medical field. Uh, So at any given time, we're working on surgical instruments, uh, surgical systems. So the console, the disposable uh, element, uh, the handpiece, the foot pedal, pretty much everything, end-to-end. That's about 60-70% of our business, and the uh, balance is on the consumer side. So uh, we do things like Gatorade bottles. uh, Solo cups. uh, Solo cups. uh, What a great uh, uh, reminder of uh, the heritage of that cup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So for these products that are more on the consumer side Uh of things, um, are you looking for particular qualities that would make this perfect for your firm? Yeah. Everything uh, uh, has to work well. Uh, So the ergonomics has to have to be perfect. because if you can't use it, you know, uh, it's going to be one of those things you set aside yeah. or complain about uh, or just chuck it out. Um, so it's all about the ergonomics. And that's kind of the uh, DNA behind everything we do is to figure out how we can design something that works like uh, how you and I think, feel, and behave. Yeah, we might not even realize that we don't like the feel of something. But it's your job to make sure that we're going to like it enough yeah. to keep using yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. One of the coolest parts uh, of our business is doing the research, um, putting concept designs in front of people, uh, videotaping them in our, our uh, bathroom lab that has, uh, uh, you know, one-way mirrors. Uh, they know uh, they're being videotaped, yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, uh, for sure. <laughs> this is uh, not a Chuck Berry situation. No, no, but no, no, it's not. But there is a story there in our old facility, uh, time permits. Um, but, uh, you know, watching their behaviors, uh, mm-hmm. listening to what they say and, and really how they behave, because those two never align, you know, that yeah. no one is, is introspective like that. So that's the secret sauce, so to speak, to figure out, uh, are we going down the right path? Uh, do those features really matter? 
and can we make the thing as seamless as possible in, in someone's hand, especially a surgeon? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's I mean, where, that seems so important. Yeah, yeah that's the real uh, steel in there. And I imagine with surgeons, they're very mindful of what they're doing. They might actually be able to describe kind of what they want. But, but with most of us, with a toothbrush, mm, yeah. I have no idea what I want. I just know what feels good. So yeah. how do you run these, these sessions where you're, sure. you're watching people in this bathroom lab? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we've done some toothbrush uh, uh, studies for Colgate within the last few months. And um, you figure out who they want to sell to. So there is a cohort, uh, a, a specific demographic profile that we recruit. Um, bring them in. Uh, we'll have one or two or three different concept designs uh, in prototype fashion that they can actually brush their teeth with. Um, we'll ask them uh, to bring in their own toothbrush so we have kind of a baseline, see how they brush. Mm-hmm. Um, you ask them to brush your teeth. So, you, you know, if you, uh, the fun part is you now you dissect all the video and you start to look for, like, uh, how do they flip the toothbrush when they go from the bottom teeth to the top? You know, there's a little bit of a dance in there with your fingers. So can we make that roll or that twiddle a little bit easier for someone, especially someone who is, uh, you know, my mom at uh, 95 with compromised hand function? Uh, Because if we can get one that's easy for her, it's going to be easy for everyone. Yeah. Uh, And uh, to make sure that uh, it's dignified. It doesn't look like a medical device, you know. It's something that you and I would want to own. So how do you go about the fact that the people have such different hands? You know, a mm-hmm. toothbrush that works for me might not work for my husband. Sure. You kind of have to design for both of us. Yeah. Uh, well, I was crazy enough to uh, spend uh, three years in college studying hand function. And, uh, uh, well, there's a multitude of, of things you can do with your hands. Uh, you know, there's certain patterns, uh, grasping patterns and, and grasping strategies that you and I use. Uh, you know, we know when you go from bilateral, like a two-finger grip, to a three-finger grip, and then it's always to a five-finger grip, never a four-finger grip. Um, and there's the size and the texture, they all influence uh, how you shift between those different grasping strategies. So when we're designing a surgical instrument, and, and we, we know that the motion uh, for the instrument has to be in and out or slight rotations, mm-hmm. then we're trying to figure out the design of those touch surfaces or control surfaces on the instrument to really... Uh, allow the surgeon to feel and experience the highest degree of precision uh, he or she can. So, so I can see how your PhD comes in handy when you're, you're doing <laughs> this kind of thing. But then we get to the solo cup. Yeah, yeah, I know. So this seems, it seems yeah, simple. Maybe yeah. this is deceptively simple. Why did the solo cup even need a, a redesign? Well, uh, I remember the meeting. Uh, I was asked to come in to uh, the owner of Solo, uh, asked me into his office and he had 12 solo red cups uh, on the table. And he said, uh, these are all knockoffs, uh, Chinese knockoffs. Uh, our patent is expired. We have no IP now. So there's nothing unique. Uh, everyone's the same. So we want you to design our next generation uh, red solo cup. Uh, but it has to have uh, some kind of distinguishing characteristics. Uh, and we, we want you to do something so we can patent the darn thing. Um, so to, to us then, the charge is, is how do you design in some kind of functional attribute that gives you a patent claim 
um, something they can own, and at the same time adds a, a stunning appearance. So if you look at the new cups, you know you've got a nice little uh, inlay of the of the solo logo. Uh, it works as a nice grip zone because we're hand people. You know? Yeah, uh, it the, does have that, that yeah. better grip these right. days. Right, so uh, you know you can have that extra drink and not drop it. Uh, you know, at the end of the party. And so this was a success. Solo yeah. was yeah. able to get the patent, and yes. Yes. I'm I'm drinking this weekend. I'm not even realizing it. Yeah. You've made my drinking go more smoothly. There, there you go. <laughs> what about with Gatorade? I, I understand yeah. that was also a redesign. Uh, well, Gatorade, um, they wanted a new sport bottle. Uh, their current sport bottle was uh, a. A 20 ounce bottle. Um, so, as it goes, usually in the first meeting before we write a proposal, they say, Well, why is it 20 ounce? I'm just curious. They said, Well, that's because the manufacturer said that that's the size of the machine, you know, that he has. And I said, Well, uh, this is all about hydration. Shouldn't it like relate back to how much do you need in a bottle to quench an athlete's thirst? Yeah. And I said, That's a neat idea. And I'm thinking, uh, I can't believe this. Uh, uh, I can't believe it. So we, we did a consumption study. Uh, so we'd uh, show up at uh, Grant Park in Chicago, and uh, we'd have like a two-liter vessel of, of Gatorade, and someone would come off the court and say, hey, man, you want some free Gatorade? Yeah, uh, we just want to videotape you. Uh, and then they start slamming it back. So we did that at hockey games, cross-country meets. We went across uh, 12 different sport categories. And what you find is uh, everyone needs seven gulps to quench your thirst. And we were able to determine there's th- three large gulps, uh, three smaller gulps, and then, th- then someone pauses. Most people pause for about a second or two, and you take that last little swig. And that's the one that gives you the ah, right? <laughs> right? So when you, when you add up all that volume, it comes to 24 ounces. So we go back and say, you need a bigger bottle, guys. It needs to be 24 ounce, not 20 ounce, for these reasons. And we know the rate that people drink, and that dictated the, the uh, orifice uh, diameter in the cap. And the last thing is they all had you know, these stupid syrup cup pull caps. And we're sitting in a room one meeting, and you know, designers sitting around and said, well, why not make it the shape of the mouth? Uh, so we did. Uh, and that's how that shape happened, uh, you know, because it's easier to do. And so did that work? I mean, did they sell more oh, Gatorade? Oh, phenomenal. Uh, they um, reported in the media in the first year, um, they increased their sale, their revenues 25%. Wow. Just because of the bottle design. You know, people go in the store and they look at it. And the thing about, uh, you know, uh, world-class design is when you look at it, it speaks to you kind of. You know, yeah. you see the affordances and you say, that makes so much sense. And by the way, it's just beautiful. Yeah, you so just it, won it. it. It had cur- curb appeal and it started jumping off the, uh, the shelf. They rolled back from a national launch to a regional launch to only a Florida launch because they couldn't uh, make enough of the stuff in that bottle. And they built uh, a new factory around that design. So the amount of money it takes to kind of get to market, it's a big nut, you yeah. know, 20, 30 million bucks uh, of equipment. Um, but the cost of design, our costs, were amortized in 1.3 days. 1.3 because, days, because, wow. You know, they're selling hundreds of millions of dollars of this stuff. So yeah. 
great design. It, if, if it moves the meter, you know, you know, just one percent. Uh, it's it's an easy payback. So what's interesting about this is I know you've been pretty frank about the fact that that your company is more expensive than many of your competitors. I wonder if you ever have a client who's getting in there, they're getting to this meeting stage, and you're like, hey, you know, I'm I'm going to be a little more expensive, and people don't realize, hey, this is going to pay off, and they kind of mm. miss the boat. Well. Um, it's it's a good uh, it's a good way to sort out uh, you know people who um, are good clients. Yeah. You know, um, it's not about the the price. It's it's uh, you know if you're going to have a stent put in, do you want your GP to put it in or do you want a cardiologist? We're the cardiologist. Guess what? We make more money. All right. Yeah. So you can <laughs> uh, come in with just a right. little bit of, of confidence. Right. right. So um, we have some uh, pretty unique expertise. And it, and it is about our team. That's why we're expensive, you know. Um, you know, our director of human factors, uh, Dr. Bascalo, uh, you know, uh, in his previous life was working at the Olympic Training Center. Oh, wow. uh, and he's a walking Bible of the human body. Um, uh, you know, uh, Cooper Priest, our director of, of design, man, he, he is just a, an A-list uh, designer. You know, because when you design it, it's not about just the looks. It's integrating those ergonomics. And then you have to figure out a way to manufacture it, you know, and get it to market so you can make money on it. Because this is a business. Have you ever had a, a design that, a redesign that just, it didn't work? Yeah, I did. Man, I had I had a, a, a dud. Um, it was a barbecue. Uh, and it was a gas barbecue. And... Uh, we went through all the research. We thought we did it the right way, and it came out in the market, and it, and it was it just you know stunk. Um, and uh, what we learned is, uh, in the barbecue category, uh, that consumers have this very strong kind of uh, uh, image of what a barbecue should be. Yeah. Don't screw it up, you know. And we were definitely disruptive. We were trying to be disruptive, and people looked at us like, well, what is that? You know, that doesn't fit my model, my mental model of what a grill should look like. There's almost too much nostalgia. We, we can't exactly. look at the design purely as design. Correct. And it happens, too, with the surgeons. You know, uh, um, you, know you talk to a cardiologist or, or, uh, uh, or a neurosurgeon, it's kind of like, I don't even want to change anything, you know, because I've been trying to perfect this technique. Yeah. So trying to get them to uh, articulate, you know, what's wrong with their instrument, you, you can't do that. You know, you got to watch them. And you got to see how they're doing it. And then, you know, if you're the hand person, then you can kind of figure out ways, you know, well, that little thing. I, I could do something in that little grip area that would help him do that because he's rotating his arm. And, you know, he's going to get worn out by the end of the day. Yeah, you, you know, always have to stuff. sell them on, okay, yeah. I can make this yeah. better. yeah. We're talking today to Bryce Rudder. He is the founder and CEO of Metaphase Design Group. They're based in Midtown St. Louis, doing fascinating work, um, both for surgeons mm -hmm. and in the medical space, and then also in the consumer space. Many products that we use every day. It turns out this firm has done the design on them. I understand you grew up on a farm in Canada. Did you set out to say, you know what, I'm going to become an expert in this. I'm going to wow. get a PhD in hands. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, what a journey that was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've always had a bug for medical stuff you know I, I kind of like that uh, maybe uh, you know when I die and come back I'll come back as a doctor or something uh, medical doctor um, but uh, I did my undergrad in Carleton University uh, in industrial design uh, prior to that I started in architecture uh, and then uh, I remember um, you know just you know 
buildings took t- so long to get up. <laughs> you know, I'm more of an instant gratification guy. And, and besides, you know, you could do many more things in industrial design than architecture. Um, so I then came down to the University of Illinois, did my master's, went back home, worked, uh, then came back down again uh, to do my PhD, uh, found my lovely wife, uh, my green card, I mean my wife, uh, um, and uh, we've been married for a long time too. Um, and I'm not going to tell you how, how long because I may get the number wrong and then I'll be in yeah, trouble. You can't do right. that on but the air. But it's over 35. I oh, think. okay. So she predates the company. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, and then um, I was working for uh, two guys here in St. Louis doing some design work. And uh, they said, hey, we met your boss, uh, you know, in Chicago, and uh, we can't see you being there that much longer. Um, what are you going to do? Uh, so that night, we over dinner, we cut a deal. Uh, and we started uh, Metaphase in 60 days, 60 days later. So I had these, these two gentlemen uh, float my boat, uh, taught me a lot about how to run a business. Um, and, uh, in 1999, about the last of them out, uh, and, uh, we've just been rocking and rolling, uh, so you know, you, from that part. You came to St. Louis because of them. Yeah. Um, what's kept you committed to St. Louis? I mean, as you said, you, you bought them out. This is your company now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, uh, uh, being able to fly direct to everybody. Oh no, we can't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, being a consultant, and that's that's a that's a rub. Uh, makes it a little bit more difficult uh, because you know you could do a, a, a fly in and out in a day. You know, do a New York meeting. Yeah, uh, no more. Uh, you know, kind of burns a day. Um, uh, but you know, St. Louis is a a, a low cost center to run a business. Uh, I've compared my uh, rent with some buddies in Manhattan. (laughs) I got them beat. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Oh my God, yeah. Um, I think the the culture that is in the city, uh, I find uh, to be uh, a nice balance. Uh, I like the sports, it's fun. And uh, you know, having lived in Toronto, uh, lived in Chicago, um, and to start your day with an hour commute uh, it, it, it's it's not a great way to start, and uh, uh, it's not a great way to end your day, and it's a waste of time. Yeah. So you know, I love the ability to jump in the car and be anywhere in thirty minutes. Yeah. You know, that's kind of cool. That's a big advantage yeah. here. You you just moved from Cortex down to uh, about a year ago. You moved to Locust Street yes. in Midtown. That yeah. seems like such a, a vibrant street right now. It's very cool. What yeah. was the reason for making that move? Well. Um, uh, the fellow who owns the building, Jason, uh, was. Uh, you know, he he really kind of uh, got my attention with uh, his openness to my type of business going into his building. He was uh, very collaborative with us in, in how we design that space so we can build in our usability test labs. Uh, we have one in the kitchen, uh, bathroom. We do clinical simulations and one-on-one testing and a patio. We do party research uh, uh, out there. And uh, we live stream the research, uh, which is pretty cool, especially during COVID. I bet, uh, yeah. And, and we were able to uh, uh, work through all COVID uh, research protocols. So while a lot of my competitors had to shut down, uh, we kept uh, you know, kept a nice chunk of work going uh, out of 20 and into 2021. Um, and the uh, facility has really been a workhorse for us. Uh, but it's a cool space just to, you know, just to be in. You know, I love, love coming into the office. You know, yeah. and, and it, it really has that, you know, that effect on, on people. You know, if you're in a nice space, 
uh, puts you in a good frame of mind. Yeah, this seems like just the, yeah. the perfect place. I imagine just in our final, I don't know, minute here, a lot of people hearing this are like, man, I want to get in on this lab work. <laughs> yeah. Can people like get on a short list and, and come sure. test products for you? Sure. Go to our website, send us an email and say, uh, you know, I'd be more than happy to be a, uh, you know, a subject in any of your studies. Uh, uh, we've got a database. Uh, so, you know, give us, you know, go to our website. You're looking yeah. for guinea pigs. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Well, all types. Is, I, I love that this you is know. all coming on here. You know, I, I feel like there's maybe some listeners who their dream is yeah. to like test the Solo Cup 3.0. Yeah. That may yeah. be in their future. <laughs> well, the, the uh, biggest challenge for us is, uh, you know, we like to design things that if you're a little compromised in your, you know, with your hands, that we can design it for you and then it's good for everyone. Yeah. So trying to find people in town that can, can uh, test concept designs for us, you know, we're always looking for people like that. Wow. So in particular, if, yeah. if you struggle with, with hand problems, Absolutely. this is a company you can help science here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Bryce Rudder, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. This episode was produced by Alex Hoyer with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.